Well, yeah. I mean, honestly, they say, so do you drink? You say, ah, maybe a little. I don't really <laughs> say that I average like one a day. It's not really lying then. See, because, You're right. Because You're right. sometimes it is more. It just happens to be more than I'm letting on. Whiskey, whiskey, the singer's getting sore. We raise the roof now and we're lowering the floor. The band is blistering, but we got a little more. When I say one, two, you say three, four, one, two, three, four. Welcome to The Whiskey Topic, the weekly podcast that tends to go off-topic. I'm Mark Bylock, the author of The Whiskey Cabinet, and my co-host is Jamie Johnson, who runs a private but approachable bourbon club here in Toronto, Canada. Our guest this week is Eric Burke of BourbonGuy.com, and the topic is Good Cheap Whiskey Drinks, Templeton Rye, and the Conversations We Have with Our Doctors. All right, so next time I go to my doctor, I'm going to need to like practice my poker face uh, beforehand yes, of and, and pr- practice lying. Well, lying. Lying is a harsh term. You're just not revealing the entire truth. So, so, let's, so let's practice. Jamie, how much do you drink per week? Um, a, about one a day, sometimes more, sometimes less. Would you say it's over 14 drinks a week or less than 14 <laughs> drinks a week? Oh, she would say that too because she's kind of like, she's pretty um, straight-laced lady. So she's, uh, she, now that I've, I've, told her the honest truth i'm afraid she's gonna come back to me next year and be like so how's that drinking going like have we pickled your liver yet eric welcome to the show thank you for coming on oh my pleasure um we have a lot to talk about a lot to talk about bourbon i I feel like i I need to bring more scotch people on but it's just not happening i we're we're focused on bourbon right now i feel i I think that's a fine thing i think so too Now, now, Eric, when we talked about uh, some notes pre-show, you were basically like, you don't like scotch. You're like, eh, scotch. Found a couple I liked, but otherwise, nah. You got it. That's exactly it. I, uh, I, I, I have to actually mark out when I've found one I like and write that one down. Go, oh, okay, that's that one. Might buy again. <laughs> so interesting. Is that something like I, I don't know. I, I've never really heard. Most whiskey drinkers are kind of like, yeah, I like whiskey. I like, I like, and I guess bourbon drinkers, for the most part that I've met, are also single malt fans, but not necessarily the reverse. So I've met a lot of single malt fans that won't drink bourbon. So I'm actually really interested to hear that you're kind of that person. You're, you're the one that doesn't like single malt. <laughs> That's right. I am. Uh, and actually, that's that's just it. I, I don't like malt whiskey for the most part. I found like two or three that I that I actually do like. I mean, otherwise, my palate just runs more towards bourbon. Hmm. I think that's now. Fair. So, what's an example of a scotch that you like? Oh, you're be looking no. through your notes now. I was going like, to say ah. now I actually have to open a uh, open a spreadsheet because oh, I'm, that kind, I'm that kind of geek. Oh my gosh, so is Mark. Oh, you and I both. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie doesn't believe in spreadsheets. She's like, no. You should see my. No. Well, I normally don't either. My list is like a piece of paper that I keep in my purse. So like you guys are like way ahead of me on that one. Paper. Well, the problem is, is I, my, my, uh, my spreadsheet is at home. And when I go to the store, that doesn't help me much. Uh, it is in my Dropbox. But other than that, it's uh, I may not I may not think to get catch it. Maybe you guys should consider moving to a paper filing system instead of your fancy hmm. spreadsheets. <laughs> Well, Pro- problem is I, like I am... they don't fit in our jean pockets. We're not going to bring them with us, you know. It's, it's like that's that's true. Yes. 
Well, you guys will be very proud of me because, you know, as I mentioned, Jamie and Eric and I uh, spoke a little bit beforehand about the show. And Eric said, like, he, he loves drinking whiskey on ice in every which way. And I generally don't drink whiskey on ice. I was at the cottage uh, this weekend uh, and it was ridiculously warm. It was over 100 degrees. It was super, super humid. And I did the uh, I believe it's the Jimmy Russell thing where I took a glass and I just went to the fridge and just dispensed a bunch of ice and just poured it to the top with whiskey. And I enjoyed that for a good five, six hours. And it was wonderful. It was so hey, good. It's a fantastic thing. That's great. Yeah, yeah. I used um, I used some uh, Forty Creek, just uh, the copper copper still. It was so good, really nicely done. And Jamie, now I'm drinking uh, Bullet Rye out of that glass you bought me with the wedged <gasps> ice. Awesome! How does that glass work? Is it is it doing everything you want it to? Well, it's interesting that the ice is becoming an iceberg right now because like it's it's melted off the glass right. now and it's kind of like floating now in the liquid. But uh, but yeah, it's uh, bullet rye, a little chilled, not bad. Awesome, that's very cool. Very nice. You're drinking it like you're drinking it right now, like that's what you're drinking for the show. Yeah, absolutely, that's it. See, I'm drinking Dry Fly Washington Wheat Whiskey. So I went somewhere else today. Whoa! I know. Whoa! Wow. Dry Fly. Dry Fly Washington Wheat Whiskey. How is it? That's one that I've been looking at. It's, uh, I'm really enjoying it, actually. Um, I don't find it overwhelmingly, like, cereally, like I do with some uh, wheat whiskeys. I've had a, a few, and this one's actually really super palatable, neat even. Um, it's kind of bright. It's got some, like, a little orange on the nose, and it's, it's got a little bit of caramel. It's, it's really nice. Like, I'm really pleased with it. Um, you can get it here in Ontario um, at the LCBO. Um, but it's really interesting when I was looking at it because um, I've seen that article going around about the um, Templeton Rye thing. Mark sent it to me. And uh, on the, the, the actual bottle, it says 100% handcrafted in the Pacific Northwest with real hands. So I thought if we were going to broach the subject of that <laughs> rye today, it might be you know kind of a good segue because yeah it's but i but in as far as like the taste goes and like how much i'm enjoying it i'm i'm really liking it it's uh it's really good for a summer whiskey awesome the the only one that i've had by them is their triticale um so and yes I like and i read your yeah i read your um review and i had never heard of that grain before in my life I think that was the only reason I'd ever heard of it myself. Right. Yeah. Although apparently Star Trek fans, there must be something going on there because I got a couple of comments about that. Oh, a Star Trek whiskey. I was like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, huh. Mark, are you a Star Trek fan? I am, but I, I'm not into my Star Trek whiskey. I just know that they, <laughs> they had Synthahol, which was like alcohol but no buzz which kind of okay and that was it that's all i remember and then they cherished the brandy or the whiskey that they had and it was usually in a decanter and very nicely presented yeah but no i don't don't remember the names um eric what are you drinking i have a little evan williams bottle and bond today nice nice all right we're drinking very topical drinks i like this (laughs) bottled in bond Speaking of Templeton Rye, uh, Eric, do you have any uh, do you have any feedback on Templeton Rye? So we had the recent uh, court ruling where they basically uh, they were sued because they said you know handcrafted and they claimed to be made uh, in in I- Iowa instead of when where they were actually made in Indiana. And 
What's um, and so it's been it's a pretty big deal, right? They've, they've basically gone and they've they settled, which apparently is going to cost them millions and millions of dollars. Um, the whiskey cast interview was really heartbreaking. Uh, listening to the owner tell like uh, tell during the interview to tell us how he was just you know they donate a lot of money locally, they uh, help their their city, and they're going to lose a lot of that opportunity and uh, potentially lose a lot of money. Um, Eric, uh, what's your what's your opinion on this? Don't lie. It, it, it's, it's very yeah. simple. You know, if you lie, you're deceiving people, you're going to get caught. I work in marketing. I know how easy it is to, uh, to end up, uh, you know, treading the wrong side of the line. But seriously, if, if, you're, if your whole um, strategy is, okay, first start out with a lie and then try not to get caught, you might think that you're doing something wrong. It doesn't matter what you're doing otherwise for me. Now, Eric, you probably heard of uh, Templeton Rye before we did, because you know in Canada we always get things a little sure. bit lagged. Yeah. Um, originally, like, a, have you ever bought their their whiskey? I guess question number one. Uh, personally, no, because I knew going into it that there was an MGP, and I was like, you know what, it's a little bit more expensive than Bullet Rye, so I'm going to go with the Bullet. I ended up trying it at a tasting one time. To my mm. knowing that where it came from, I was like, eh, it's slightly different, mm, not enough to justify the price for me. Uh, so, so right. Yeah. Yeah, it shows up here. In yeah, I was gonna say I've only had it. Yeah, I was gonna say I only only had it at a tasting as well, and I agree with you. Um, Bullet Rye made in the same place. What I'm drinking right now, MGP, um, but uh, none of the flavoring added, right? So Templeton Rye has the Prohibition era as the quote. I, I'm using air quotes here. Prohibition era uh, formula, which is really them adding flavoring uh, to the whiskey, uh, which Bullet Rye does not do. Um, and it's a kind of an interesting uh, concept because they also got nailed for using the Prohibition. Uh, language saying that this isn't accurate either. I've, I've like um, the only counter opinion I have to that is uh, they are doing what everybody else is doing in this kind of sub market industry. And Templeton Rye made it really big. I mean, they, as far as marketing, and they they just hit all those like Prohibition Rye. Everything on their label seemed to work really well and resonated so well. Uh, they grew this brand, and it's one of those things, like I said, if you lie, um, even if they were honest on their website, fine. But how many people go to a website before they buy whiskey? It's, I mean, I, I get that. I get what they're saying. It was out there, but it wasn't out there, out there. Um, but the other thing is they became the big dog. They became the, the big dog of these small, of these small distilleries. And um, yeah, I mean, this is how law works, right? You get sued um, and you real people realize, Hey, you're relying and it gets global attention, more media attention. And then you get, you know, I mean, you get to face a lawsuit and uh, apparently they have to uh, sell out of court. Um, we, uh, you know, um, uh, on the whiskey cast, uh, Mark was speculating that it had to do with insurance and how they weren't necessarily covered for this lawsuit, probably because they were at fault. I right. don't know. I'm yeah, not I, a lawyer. Exactly. Uh, but probably the, the insurance company said, uh, you know what? This is your fault. Um, and I think their side of it, Templeton Rye, saying, well, our label was approved by the U.S. government, which doesn't mean you don't get to get sued, right? It's, exactly. Mm. That, that, that doesn't mean anything. I mean, the government... Uh, whether it's a local police officer or, or someone, you know, a bureaucrat somewhere, they go into everything, every transaction, assuming that you know what you're, what you're supposed to be doing, that you know the law, just because you say to yourself, hey, I didn't realize the speed limit went down to 25 miles per hour from, uh, from 55, doesn't mean you're not going to get nailed with the ticket. Yeah. Absolutely. I 100% agreed. Um, and this is how the legal system works. I mean, the government enforces certain laws. And then, you know, I mean, drug companies get sued for making bad drugs. 
the government approved, the FDA approves the drug, um, and if something really bad happens and people suffer and people die, um, they get sued. This isn't obviously as even remotely as serious as of an issue, but uh, but it was. It was an expensive bottle of whiskey with some flavoring. Uh, I thought the flavor on it was great. Like it wasn't the, it wasn't as bad as some other of these products I've tasted where they add flavoring and you're just like, this isn't whiskey anymore. Uh, it, it, exactly. So it did have like, it was nice. It was just was you know was I willing to pay the price for uh, how much it cost? That that was my problem too. Uh, I mean, it was I think locally here about forty bucks. Uh, bullet was twenty five. It wasn't fifteen dollars better. In fact, that it. I wouldn't have said it was better. It was on par. Mm-hmm. So. I'm sort of like thinking about, you know, what this means in sort of like a bigger picture. And I'm wondering if, you know, it was sort of like making an example of Templeton in order to, I don't know, maybe scare some of the others that are doing the same sort of thing into, you know, maybe lab- changing their labeling or being a little bit more honest on the bottle or whatever it means. But regardless uh do we think this might be the beginning of some change that's coming or is this a a one-off and people are you know gonna sort of forget about it next week or yeah like do we think this is gonna make a difference it it might be all of the above right (laughs) i mean if you ask if you ask a uh you know class action attorney they're gonna say that's the whole point of what they're doing is to you know correct bad actors and, and hope that they don't uh that other people take the hint so they don't have to get sued again. But, you know, the uh, public opinion against class action attorneys, for the most part, is they're, you know, they go ahead and are, are preying on the system, not, not, uh, not helping to enforce it. Will it uh, affect anyone else? You know, maybe. I don't know. But I'm pretty sure that two weeks down the road after this is done, attention span is short. Unless you're an enthusiast, you're going to go back to what you were doing before. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, Templeton might take a hit, but yeah, I was gonna say a lot, a lot of. I think a lot of smaller, just like smaller companies that are doing this, are probably not as concerned because they probably don't have this big brand risk. Like Templeton Rye ended up being a U.S. wide brand. They're not like just focused in Texas or other states. And you know, these other you know pretenders might be just well, we'll take our chances and. If we come, if we become big enough, we can always build a distillery. And that was the other interesting thing. Templeton Rye had their own distillery, but they they admitted again on the whiskey cast because I, I think Mark's done just such a great job covering this topic. But uh, he, but the, they admitted to having a distillery. They're just like, yeah, the whiskey isn't that great. Like it's too hard to make whiskey. We can't make whiskey that that's good, and uh, we get a better product as uh, from MGP, which I thought was. I mean, wonderfully honest, uh, and I very much appreciate that. Well, yeah, that. exactly. And, it's, and it's kind of like we, what we were talking about in the show a couple of episodes ago. We're like, you know, big distilleries really have perfected how to make whiskey, and the, and the smaller guys are really having to um, go through a, a lot of growing pains before they make a quality whiskey. Um, and Especially it's, since you can't, you can't test it anything before you actually are in business and needing to make money. Yes, that's I mean, a good that's, point. That's, that's, a big, that's a big problem. I mean... If, if if you can't figure out if if you're any good at this before you've thrown out a half a million dollars, I mean, that's that's really tough. Yeah, in a lot of ways, having somebody else distill and barrel your whiskey before you um, expand your market is not a bad idea. Um, no, it's a it's a great way of doing it as long as you're honest about it. I mean, if you look at like High West or uh, or Smooth Ambler, both of those guys are very well respected, mm-hmm. and they make a, and they put out great products. And they're making stuff, you know, at, 
based on the profits that they're making on the stuff they're curating. So, I mean, there is a, there is a right way to go about it. It's just too many people pretend not to know about that. Now, what do you think makes High West uh, a different product? Uh, other than, uh, obviously, uh, you mentioned respectability, but as far as the whiskey-making process? I've only had a, a, a little bit of their, uh, of their um, the stuff they're making themselves, and never anything aged, you know. It's, uh, it was all white stuff, and that, for me, is not great. But, I mean, some of it's at least interesting. So, and this is something that uh, you you also do. You say you uh, you drink a lot of white dog, um, a lot of unaged whiskey, and you also blend unaged whiskey yourself. Well, I I, I tend to blend aged whiskey for 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 me. Uh-huh. Just uh, that that's not true. I I actually I actually tend to blend anything I don't like okay. to try to um, ba- basically I try to make it better by adding better things to it. Uh, sometimes works like a charm. Other times. Oh, it's it's it becomes a prop sitting somewhere that I, I sits there and nobody actually ever goes into. Well, it's all, it's important, that, you know, when you have people over, it's always important to have the kind of the prop whiskey where you're like, ha ha, <laughs> drink this. Like what do you nice think? A nice decanter or something like that. Um, That's right. I, think... I actually when when I do photos for the blog, a lot of times the uh, the actual bottle's empty already, so I I use that prop whiskey to. Uh, Fill that thing right back up. That's awesome. That is so it makes a good photo. So then, do yeah. you have? So I so, found uses for some of it. Do you have any like um, pointers for amateur blenders that you know? I've never thought about mixing two whiskey. Literally, it never even crossed my mind that that is something that I should do when I hate a whiskey. And sure. So what? So do you have like any tips for you know if there's something oh, sitting around man. or? I, I, I would say um, if you're just starting out, it's easier to blend things that are that, that are already good than it is to to it's it's like a, a more advanced level course to to try to blend away bad stuff. Uh, so so like if you're thinking of it as a, say you're trying to develop a recipe for cooking or something like that where you, you kind of you kind of get that idea in your head where you're like, well, you know this tastes like this, this tastes like this, what kinds of things go together? Um, one example is, uh, I was uh, drinking a, the Bren uh, French single malt, and I was getting this really fruity melon type note. And just by weird coincidence, I had reviewed the um, Old Forester single barrel, or a Old Forester single barrel, I guess. And I was getting melon notes in that too. And I was like, well, hmm, melon. Let's, let's see here. So I found a commonality between the two and tried first thing I do is I try it 50-50 and see what that is. And it's like, if it's not quite right, in this case, it was, it was beautiful. You know, I, I absolutely loved the fruitiness that the Bren brought and the, the, the rich bourbon-y spiciness that, that, that the old Forester brought. And together, they worked really well together. Um, now, if you're trying to get rid of something, you know, trying to hide something, what you got to, the first thing you have to do is figure out what would make this better, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes the answer is absolutely nothing. But, <laughs> but you know, like like a uh, Rebel Yell, um, the actual Rebel Yell, not the not the more recent brand extensions. I mean, that stuff for me, I can't stand it. I mean, I can taste that anywhere. Hmm. Um, no matter, I I, I spent plenty, you know, weeks trying to figure out different things to add to it. But ordinarily, there's there's something that's causing this to not be great, and 
it's not that it's a, a flavor that you don't like, it's that it's missing something. So then you just try to find some whatever it is that it's missing. You know, maybe it's kind of flat and not not, you know, doesn't have the spice you're looking for. Well then you find yourself a spicier whiskey and you, you kinda add stuff to it as it goes. At least that's how I do it. I'm sure there there are people who are better versed in this that are cringing right now. But yeah. <laughs> We're all different. <laughs> no, that makes sense. I, I was uh, struggling between uh, old, Van, old Van Riekel 10 and uh, uh, 12. And I was, you know, really liked the 10 so much more than the 12. And so at one point I, I did just mix them together in half parts to see what whiskey would stand out and, and how that would work. And I was like, you know, it. I, I liked the blend more than the 12 on its own, but I didn't like it as sure. much as the 10. Uh, because the, the 12 had a much more, uh, a very beautiful nose, the 10 had less of a nose, and it just kind of like, how would these two work together? And and it, it created a nice drink, but not quite the same balance that the 10, uh, old, old Van Rinkle 10 has on its own. Uh, but it was an interesting experiment to see, like, I like this more, let's play with these flavors together and see how they work with each other. Right, and and one of the, the most fun things I ever had is my wife and I for um, Christmas one year we ended up getting ourselves well we found all 10 f- uh, recipes of, of Four Roses as uh, private uh, releases and so I got her all the OEs she got me oh all the goodness. OBs and uh, yeah it was a, it was a good <laughs> Christmas <laughs> that That's is awesome awesome and 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 so at, th- at that at that point you know the very first thing you do is you mix them all together and say, well, what does barrel strength for uh, yellow label taste right. like? And and if if anybody at Four Roses is listening, it's fantastic. Please make this for me. And, and then you start. I, what I would do is I would start going, okay, how about this? What if I add that? You know. And sometimes I ran across things that were like, well, I didn't care for this res- this bottle of this recipe, but for some reason, when I added this other one, oh, still terrible. But I added the third, and whoa, what the heck just happened? It's now amazing you know so that's also if you have the if you have the cash or and or have saved up for it that's a that's a fun oh experiment my gosh as well. that sounds like amazing what was your what was your favorite well i mean it uh, like what what sort of was the winner for you let's see uh one of my favorites was a uh, oesq obsq and oesf mm. um, which is a very fruity blend mm. you know it's got floral and fruity notes um which are which are quite nice. Um, herbal, maybe. Maybe herbal is a better way to, thing to say than floral in this case. Um, let's see. Another one I did was uh, was a replica of the 2013 limited edition small batch, OBSB, OESK, and OBSK. Uh, that was nice. Uh, huh. But uh, That is really so, fascinating. That, this that's is amazing. something yeah. that yeah. would not yeah. happen. We could not get our hands on that in... Ontario at all sure sad you you definitely have to make a trip but I hear you guys are possibly going to Kentucky yeah yes we (laughs) are uh we're heading out there for bourbon week it's it's official now we're oh it's official now it is awesome everything's been set up everything's good we'll be there from Sunday to Thursday ish I'll probably be there the whole week I think Jamie's got to go she's got a wedding to go to wedding on Friday I also have a bourbon tasting on Thursday or yeah I have a launch event of the you're leaving Bourbon Fest to have yeah. a bourbon taste. Life is hard. That's, it really is. I, I don't even understand. No. Um, so, so like the 12th through the 18th, then possibly 12th through yeah. 16th. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, in that yeah. range. 
Well, I, I, I may or may not cross paths with you then. Oh, oh that would be awesome. very cool. That would be fun. Yeah, I, I think actually, uh, that, yeah, because it's going it's to be a good week. So a lot of people are coming out, which is great. Uh, maybe our meetup will have four people, <gasps> Jamie. This will be very exciting. Very Fantastic. exciting. Whiskey topic <laughs> meetup. That would be amazing. Oh, it'd be amazing. I was, um, so I was looking at your, uh, your Bren, uh, is it Bren or Brené? I think Bren? it's Bren. 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 I always, you know, I always hate pronouncing <laughs> things. Yes. Uh, your, uh, Bren review. I, I love that you use melon. This is interesting because we, we had a tasting, um, and Jamie hasn't yet to taste this. Urgh, I've never had it. Uh, but somebody, uh, a friend of ours, uh, Glenn brought it in and we had it and everybody was getting like Bubblegum, and I think water. Somebody, I think, even mentioned watermelon bubblegum, which was oddly very specific. And then I'm like, (laughs) but but we were all kind of on that bubblegum craze. Like it's like overly, it's like sweet, and it's got like this like it just reminds me of hubba bubba bubblegum. And then somebody's like, it's watermelon. That was Mike DeCaro, of course. Fantastic. Uh, It was like it's water. It's (laughs) watermelon bubblegum. Uh, so I'm always very curious about the tasting notes on that one because it's when you do this like kind of lar- large group tasting, you sometimes somebody says something yep. and everybody's like, "Oh, of course, right?" Yeah. We're um, all very suggestive when it comes to tasting notes. Mm-hmm. You know, it, I, I I taste back with my wife when I do all the stuff for for this um, for the blog. So I mean, we we're always constantly talking it out. Essentially, uh, mm-hmm. it's like, "Oh, this kind of buttery. I don't think you know what you're talking about. There's no butter there. What are you doing?" You know, but uh, and so, a lot of times you're like. Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking. I just didn't know how to say it until you said that. So, it all yeah. depends. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That 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 that's fun. that is very fun for me. And having um, seeing how when I find something that for me is like really such a strong link flavor profile wise, and seeing where that is in other people's reviews and how they take that tasting note and how they perceive it, it's right. an amazing process. Exactly. I absolutely love doing that. A good example of that yesterday. Um, for something that's going up on the blog this week, um, my wife was like, this, this is really, really oaky. I said, that's weird because I'm getting like black tea, but you know, I guess they're both tannic. So we're probably talking about the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Fair so. That's so true. Eric, what's your go-to, um, drink right now? What's your, what's open and what are you reaching for most often? I was going to say what's open. How much time do you have? Well, exactly. Uh, <laughs> as soon as I said it, I was like, well, <laughs> oh man. Um, I'm kind of turning around now, looking up at my shelf. The uh, the one that I have to, to like hold myself back from because I mm-hmm. don't want it to go away too quickly. Uh, there is a uh, a gift shop release of uh, Four Roses single barrel. It's I forget what the recipe on it is, but it's one of the ones that made up last last year's limited edition um, small batch. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, as I was I picked it up at the at the launch event for that down at Four Roses, and I was. We were talking to uh, Jim Rutledge, and and someone mentioned, "Is this the one that you said made it, made the recipe fall into place?" And he said, "Yeah, that's that's the one that made it fall into place, and it is delicious." I, I wonder if it's similar to the Four Roses that just came out at the LCBO because I really like that one. It's a it's the same idea, single barrel. Um, and it's I, so I, good. I love those single barrel releases, especially the uh, especially if you find a. Uh, a, a retailer that is um, that's got a good palate uh, that really helps. I wish the LCBO had a better palate sometimes. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> the government agency right. doesn't quite have to, the. Uh, uh... <laughs> in, in their uh, in their um, defense, well, first off, they're a government agency, but you know, there is something <laughs> nice to 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 know where and which stores 
have the uh, the bottle you're looking for. Uh, you're absolutely right. That that is something I wish I had. I I, I travel around the Minneapolis area sometimes, going having to go to four, five, six different liquor stores, going, oh god, where, who has this thing I'm looking for yet? And you know, sometimes it's not even out yet, but. Well, the wonderful part about it is too, if, if it's not, if it's a general release, so it's not like if it doesn't say limited edition in the LCBO, you can actually go like, oh yes, in, uh, six hours away in Thunder Bay, which is probably like twelve hours away. Um, there's one bottle. Can you bring it here, please? Because I want it. And they'll just be like, okay, it'll be here within three to five days. And it's amazing. And they just like ship you a bottle of this really rare whiskey that just they happen to send stock somewhere and didn't sell. Um, the inefficiency is a wonderful thing. <laughs> I'm hoping you haven't taken everything from Thunder Bay. Um, this week, I'm this week I'm going to Isle Royal uh, for the weekend, and uh, I'm about 45 minutes from from Thunder Bay. I might just sneak across the border and buy something if there's anything good there. I was going to say, Mark's ordered it all down to Toronto. Darn it! <laughs> just no. I bought the uh, old granddad at the LCBO, and it was something like thirty-eight dollars or something like that. And then a friend um, went to Chicago, and she's like giving me a list of stuff to drink. I'm like, I want old granddad. That's like actually like 57% alcohol, not the yes. 40% proof that I bought. Oh gosh. Yes. And she's you like, definitely want the 114. I know. And she's like, Oh, it's $20. Like, I'm what? like, what? Uh-huh. It's half the yeah. price for a lot more alcohol that, in the that same is bottle. One of my favorite, my favorite everyday whiskeys. Honestly, that's uh that's one that I, I try to have on the shelf. It, well, depending on shelf space, most of the time we'll say, that's awesome. That's great. I, I love that. That's uh, that's one of the reasons why I got it. I'm like, okay, I, I know this is good whiskey. I've gotten the 40% proof down. I get it. It's a little nuttier, da 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 but like, let's get the high proof one and, and see how it is. For sure. Um, what's, another good, uh, what's another good everyday cheap drink that you have? Every March, I do a uh, bottom shelf brackets, I call it, uh, where I, I take different whiskeys that are, or different Straight bourbons, that's one qualification. Another one is that it has to be under $20 for a liter or $15, for, or $15 for a 750 right? Uh, so it, it works its way down. Uh, and, and then I, 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 to, in order to celebrate March Madness, because I couldn't care less about college basketball, um, I, I then set them head-to-head over a course of posts. So it gives me like two weeks' worth of posts that I don't actually have to think too hard about. Um, this last year, I found something that I'd always passed over, uh, and it's called Fighting Cock. And that's the reason I passed over it, because it's a horrible, horrible name. name. Terrible. Yeah. It's a horrible name, <laughs> but it is really good. Uh, it's a, I think it was like a... When I bought the bottle, it was six years old. I want to say like 103 proof, something like that, 107, 103. I forget exactly. Um, but it was. Uh, it's made by Heaven Hill. It's... Uh, it was really, really darn good. Um, bottle and bond, for the most part, you're not going to go wrong, uh, especially with the Heaven Hill ones. You know, the J.W. Dant, uh, Evan Williams, like I have in my glass today. Um, trying to think there's another one that I can't remember. Old Heaven Hill. Uh, yeah, those are all pretty good. Yeah, because the, uh, the biggest problem with Heaven Hill is their, their underproof stuff. If it's under 40, if it's under 50%, rather, it's, um, it's right. it starts, it starts, decomposing in a bad way right it doesn't it doesn't give you a, a lot more uh flavor it's just yeah yeah but 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 the bonded stuff that stuff's great um and and even going head to head a lot of times it's a very slight difference between the ones so you know grab the one that's in your price range you know all of them being under 20 dollars for the most part here in minnesota 
um, and you'll probably be okay. Uh, otherwise, let's see. Let me turn around and look at the shelf again. <laughs> um, as far as like everyday decent brand, uh, decent price stuff, um, if you're thinking like everyday, I, I like to, to think of that as somewhere around $25 mark, you know, mm -hmm. maybe 30 on occasion. Um, you know, Four Roses, their yellow label is, it's a bit more delicate than, than some other brands, but I, I, I tend to like that one a lot. I'm a Four Roses fanboy though, so that, that, uh, I'm biased, I'm guessing. I actually just bought something the other day, and I bought this mostly because I was like, I think I can tell a story about this one. But it turned out to be something that I didn't mind at all. It's, it's, there's a, a kind of quasi-national chain here in, in uh, the United States um, called Total Wine and Spirits, or Total Wine and More, depending on where you're at. And they just recently came to Minnesota, which has had the, the lovely effect of driving down all the prices. <laughs> um, but... Uh, they have some house brands, right? And Buffalo Trace, as far as, you know, unofficially, officially sort of thing, um, makes this, uh, this one for them called Two Stars. Now, it definitely lives up to its name. It's not a four-star whiskey, but <laughs> it's, it's surprisingly adequate. Um, <laughs> I, I, this is surprisingly <laughs> adequate for a whiskey. Yeah, I expected it to be terrible. Right. And I opened it up. <laughs> And I, I poured it in a glass. I'm like, well, at least I'll get a good story out of this. And I was like, oh, this smells like Buffalo Trace. That's crazy. So I did some searching online, and everyone's like, yeah, it looks like Buffalo Trace acquired the, uh, the doing business as a few years ago. I was like, oh, cool. So my nose is right. That's great. <laughs> and I took a sip, and I'm like, huh, well, what do you know? I, I don't hate this, and it's... Uh, it's a, I actually kind of like it, especially for the price, because it was like fifteen bucks for a seven fifty. Now, what do you think of uh, Canadian Rise? You've got a because I'm looking on your on your website. You've got like the stash. You've got a list of uh, whiskey that you have. I see you've got a pretty good list of Canadian whiskey. You got lot number forty, Danfield's twenty one, Collingwood twenty one, uh, which I, I actually have to have, which I'm very annoyed about it in life in general. Uh, CC hundred percent rye, Wiser's Legacy. Um, you've got the Crown Royal hand selected. Um, yeah, give us a background or give us what your thoughts on Canadian whiskey. I would say, um, right behind bourbon, uh, U.S. straight rye is Canadian whiskey. Um, I have a hard time calling it rye. I'm a U.S. guy. I, I follow our rules. For yeah, sure. It makes sense. Don't, uh, don't, uh, no, don't judge no. me. Um, I, uh, but that is like the, those are the three, um, whiskey types I really like because I mean, not being a guy who tends to like malt whiskey, that sort of eliminates almost every other whiskey in the world, uh, for the most part, it feels like. Uh, you know, maybe some grain whiskeys, but for the most part, those feel like they're, they were distilled to too high a proof. They lose a lot of their flavor, it feels like to me. Um, but I haven't had a lot of them, so that's just me talking out my butt. Uh, but as far as Canadian whiskey goes, it's, it's definitely my change of pace whiskey, mm -hmm. uh, for the most part. I mean, there are some of them that are very, very bourbon-like. Um, I, I picked, last time I was, uh, I was in Canada, I, I picked up, I think, two or three bottles of the Danfields, uh, and I'm down to my last one. Uh, I pulled that out to share with people here just because they can't get it, because that doesn't come to the U.S. But that's very bourbon-like to me. I, I, I enjoy it a lot. Um, 
some of them, you know, let's put it this way. My, my very first, um, my very first bad experiences were with, with whiskey were almost always the absolute cheapest Canadian whiskey ever. And, yeah. and it took me a long time to get past that. You know, it's like, oh, Canadian whiskey, that probably tastes like, you know, what, what is it, Windsor, Windsor Select or something like that. And it's, it's horrible, horrible stuff. And it took me a really long time to get past that. And, and I, I have to thank, um, you know, uh, Davin, who I know you've had on your show, and, and then uh, Joanne McInnes for, for kind of bringing me back around by reaching out and like throwing samples my way until I went, oh, wait, I'm going to have to try a lot more of this stuff. You know, I've, I've had recently the, the, the Crown Royal Rye, which I absolutely love. I think that stuff's great, especially for $24 a, a, a 750 here. And uh, the, uh, let's see, I'm trying to think what else I have over there. Just cracked open. Second to last bottle of the Collingwood Twenty One last night. Ooh. That's uh, yeah, I I I I like that stuff a lot. It's it's definitely a change of pace though because it's very delicate compared to the the spice and the um, spice and, and and rich caramel and, and burn of a uh, of a you know a good bourbon. So yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of very well aged rye's and uh, I don't have too many because there's not that many around. Um, and and that's why I'm calling with rye. I'm like I've never I've yet to have the 21 year old and I'm just uh, dying to try it. Uh, I think I think with that one, people it's kind of divisive for people. Either you like it or you don't. Um, because I hear a lot of people talk about how it it tastes like they're drinking perfume, and some of that might be influenced by the bottle, of course. Uh, but. Uh, <laughs> It has it has some very um, pronounced floral notes. So if if you don't like that, or if you're coming at it from from you know a, a straight bourbon perspective, and you know you're discounting things like some of the Four Roses recipes, you're not going to get a lot of floral notes. You're not going to get used to having that. So you it might be like like drinking perfume to that person. Mm-hmm. But to me, I just find it exquisite. I yeah, I, it. yeah, I really you... like that one too. I was just going to say I um I was lucky enough to get a pour when I was at Brown Foreman's offices like a couple months ago and the the rep was just like, oh, have you tried this? And I was like, no, can I? And he said the exact same thing. He said, either you're going to love it or you're going to hate it. And I, I too really, really enjoy that one. That's one of the great things about living in Minnesota. We get so much Canadian whiskey crossing the border that doesn't really make it to the rest of the country. Um, that it's a, in fact, some of it doesn't even make it to Canada, which is yeah. even weirder to me. Um, but it's, it's, it is, if you're a Canadian whiskey fan, this is a great place to be. Um, so, and it's always cheap. <laughs> <laughs> like cheap whiskey. That's good. Excellent. Exactly. That's, that's what I, that's what, that's, I spend my whole, like, that's, that's my driving passion is, is find those diamonds in the rough. It's real easy to find a diamond in a bag of diamonds, but it's a lot harder when you're looking in a haystack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. And I mean, you, I mean, your 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 whiskey cabinet list is fantastic. Like, what a great list you have. It's it's uh, it's a really really nice combination of bourbons and ryes and Canadian whiskey. Uh, what do you think of Stranahan's? I, the bottle I have, I hate. Mm. Ah, yes. Yeah, there you go. That's the problem, with Stranahan's. Uh, but I've heard that I, I took so much flack for that. I posted my review of that, and everyone. <laughs> just came up down on me like i can't believe you don't like this you should stick with bourbon oh, you obviously no. don't know what you're talking about and i'm like wow guys i know what my mouth tasted and it tasted 
something that wasn't good. <laughs> I want to like I want to like send samples out to people going here. Try it. See, mine was awful. Yours may have been great. Trade me. Let's let's try this. Your article title is Hands, Don't bother. <laughs> exactly. That's awesome. <laughs> I, uh, I I I didn't care for that one, obviously. But I also admit that it is just me. I'm coming at it with a with a uh, dislike of malt whiskey on the uh, you know as my bias, um, and I. I bought it because I like supporting small businesses, and when I travel to distilleries, I tend to like to buy stuff from them, uh, mostly because everything tastes better in the distillery, um, and then I bring it home, and I'm like, oh, God, oh. Yeah, then you do some comparisons with what you actually have, and you're like, oh, well, oh. yeah, I get it, I get it. Um, yeah, that's, a, I mean, Stranahan's is an interesting story, because that seems to be the consistent uh, path. It's like, you either get a good bottle, or you're like, uh. Eh. Exactly, and that's basically what I came what I came away with is that my bottle just happened to be one of those that wasn't very good, um, and so you know, I'll give it another shot if someone else has some. Every time I read a book, and Mark, I just finished rereading yours um, for like the second time because you asked me to like make notes and things like that, and I, uh, I as I was reading the section on Four Roses, I was going back and like writing down all the different recipes because I haven't committed them to memory yet, and then. Uh, when you were talking about the other Four Roses recipes that you were putting together, I was writing them all down. Um, but I don't know if um, these notes are going to make sense. Uh, I mean, I probably shouldn't take as many notes as I do because I look at them afterwards and I was like, what the hell was I trying to say here? Um, <laughs> and I'm like writing down questions to ask you as you're talking and stuff like that. Um, but then we moved on. And so um, I just wanted to go back to what you were, you were talking about. Um, I'm noticing a pattern that like Heaven Hill seems to be um, doing great at producing like really quality, inexpensive whiskeys. Is that fair? Are they doing the best at it in terms of the big distilleries? Like, are they sort of killing it in that category? Like, They definitely have the most labels, I would say. I mean, Beam makes some... Beam makes... Wow, that's hard to say, actually. <laughs> Beam makes some inexpensive whiskeys, but some of them are crap. I mean, I can't stand the regular Beam. I mean, there, there's something... There's something that... that but I love like Knob Creek and stuff like that. So I mean, it's it, it feels like it's a proof thing, maybe. Uh, but uh, but even the, like their their bottle and bond that they just recently released, it's not bad. It's just not for me, sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I would say that for my money, um, if if you're looking for multiple like labels to have on your shelf, it's it's real easy to to just shop in the Heaven Hill section for sure. Uh, if if a place were to have Heaven Hill section. <laughs> We, we talk about the fact that, you know, the golden age of bourbon was, you know, supposedly late 90s, early 2000s, but I think that's completely wrong. Yeah, we're not necessarily going to have cheap bourbon right now, you know, his, by historical standards or, or excessively over, you know, age that's way over what the stated age is. But at the same time, look at how many different things you can find out there. And a lot of it's pretty darn Do you good. think, sort of going back to what you were just saying, because I seems well bourbon prices do seem to be going up is there a danger you of some of the inexpensive bourbons sort of going away or do you think it's just we're not worried about that and there's just always going to be these old granddads um or is it something that you think about 
Well, I think about it, but honestly, what, what the trend I've been noticing lately is is less, you know, discontinuing the the inexpensive brands in favor of, of more expensive brands. Buffalo Trace is kind of doing that a little mm-hmm. bit, it seems like, you know, like the but even they're not like discontinuing right. a lot of them. Um, they're uh, what they're they're doing something completely different, where it's just like we're going to take the years off after the six. On, on the very old Barton, and now it's very old Barton six, not very old Barton six years, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. which, yeah, that could be a whole. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's. <laughs> I have I have two or three different posts that are just titled "Sazerac Take Off the Damn Numbers," um, <laughs> and and yeah, they go from there. But uh, I, I I the trend I'm normally noticing is okay, so we've introduced this we keep the the inexpensive label but we've also introduced a premium label that comes in you know instead of $25 the new one is $50 but the old one doesn't necessarily go away will it in the future you know who knows maybe as there's as a maybe it's a a long-term plan that we're only seeing the beginnings of but you know that's I'm not real worried about it right now that's good I guess long story short good I can't afford it. <laughs> no, either can I. I mean, I, I would have to close down my blog, yeah. honestly, because I, I don't take yeah. samples. So anything that's on there, I've bought. So unless I, the very rare occasion before I decided to actually implement that as a hard and fast rule. Uh, then I had to put disclaimers, and disclaimers are ugly, and I'm a designer, and I don't like things that are ugly. So That's fair. And Eric, so you can be found at bourbonguy.com. Uh, excellent, excellent blog. Nicely designed as well. Mm-hmm. Very jealous. It's really nicely it looks designed. awesome. Whiskey, whiskey, the sun.